This is Darrell Lalia, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast, episode 66. Are you ready to be the master architect of your life? Are you ready to design your business and invest the needs that create the lifestyle you've always dreamt of? Are you ready to learn from entrepreneurs and millionaires who have achieved a certain level of success? Hey, this is Derek, location-independent entrepreneur, and you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hi, I'm Gina Lofton. I am an investor, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey there, my name is Heather Havenwood, marketing coach and global entrepreneur and you are listening to the before the millions podcast hey this is mark asquith the host of the seven minute mentor podcast global entrepreneur and all-round geek and you are listening to the before the millions podcast i am mc lobster the cash flow ninja and you're listening to before the millions podcast you're listening to the before the millions podcast whether you're looking to invest for cash flow or build an online business that allows you to be location independent you've come to to the right place. Mr. Hollywood himself presents the Before the Millions podcast. And now your host, DeRay Olalaye. Hey, what's up? What's going on, BTM Tribe? Darrell Lalia here, and we're back, back for another installment of the BTM podcast. Now, the day this episode releases will be July 31st, and that means we are cleared of seven months through the year. That's crazy. Just thinking that 2018 just started just a few short weeks ago. At least that's what it feels like. And now we have about five months left. And this year has simply been amazing. I hope it's been amazing for you. I hope you've started and have continued to achieve and accomplish all your dreams, everything that you've set out for you guys to do this year. You know, I started out this year and just talking about lifestyle specifically. I started out this year in Africa and I got back. I went to Dallas, Texas, and I was living, quote unquote, in Dallas, Texas for the first quarter. So January, February and March, I was stationed in Dallas, Texas, and it was amazing. It was lovely. It was beautiful. I had so much fun. And then the second quarter, April, May and June, I decided to spend time in Houston, my hometown, where all my family is, where all my friends are. And literally just been hanging out with everybody, catching up and, of course, tending to the business. And, of course, I've taken small trips to conferences and speaking engagements and things like that. Just really, really small trips, but nothing major. And that's not typical halfway through the year for me. So I decided to plan a plethora of trips, not only the second half of the year, but also the first half of next year. So most of my trips for next year from January to March are already accounted for. One of those trips, by the way, is going to be Jamaica, and I've never been to Jamaica, so I'm super excited. And in the next few months, so for Q3, guys, I will be predominantly in Asia and Europe. Now, I've never been to Singapore, which is one of the countries on my list, but another country on my list is Dubai, and I've been there quite a few times, and I think that's where everything's kind of unfolding. I'm going to start out in Dubai for a few weeks. And then I'm going to migrate to Southeast Asia and we're going to make a stop at Singapore. I'll be in Singapore for about a week, maybe a week and a half and just kind of explore there. I've never been. I'm super excited. So if you guys have any tips, recommendations, things of that nature, hit me up. Let me know. It's my first time. Then I'll be off to Europe and I'll be visiting a few cities in Europe. I'll be in London for a while, have some family out there and we'll most likely also take a trip to Paris. So I will probably sniff the U.S. about one week in September to go to Tennessee for a conference, but that's about it. 
So if you guys are in any of these cities, any of these countries, hit me up. Let's link up. Let's have coffee. Let's catch up. Super excited to meet some of my international listers. And I think it'll be fun. This is the lifestyle design aspect of real estate investing. This is what many of you have to look forward to once you start and create and grow a location independent business. Now, it sounds like I'll be going on vacation for a few months, but I won't. I'll be working just as much as if I was in Houston or I was in Dallas or I was in Tennessee or I was in Colorado or I was in LA. Now, I want to end the year, guys, in Africa like I did last year, but we'll see. We're still planning for that because I have Jamaica coming up as soon as the new year rolls around. And it's one of those things to where I'd rather spend the rest of the year in different cities in the US like Denver, LA, my favorites, and Miami. But I'll be going to Miami early next year as well. So I don't know if I'll do Miami. Long story short, guys, this is what I'm passionate about. I love traveling. I love being in new places. I love experiencing new locations, new foods, new people. Now, your thing might be different. You may love shopping, which I love as well. Just it's not as high up on the list. You may love electronics. You may love sports, extracurricular sports. I mean, you may love competitions. Whatever it is that is your thing, I encourage you to do more of it now. And if you can't, you need to start looking at ways to be able to do that. Because again, we're not talking about my thing. We're talking about your thing, the thing that brings you joy and fulfillment. What's the point if you're not allowing yourself the joy and fulfillment that you truly want in your life? What's the point? So guys, on today's episode, we have a fascinating, fascinating episode. And today's guest, his name is Mr. Dustin Heiner. Dustin is a real estate investor who has 24 single family homes. Now, contrary to popular belief, he has some interesting takes on why you should invest in single family instead of multifamily, which I love, by the way. So guys, you want to listen up for this episode because we often get investors on this show, including myself, who prefer multifamily over single family. And not that one is right or wrong, but that it's all predicated on your risk assessment, your risk analysis, your threshold for risk, and quite frankly, your goals. So if your goals align a little bit more with Dustin, you're going to be able to resonate with some of the reasons why he chooses to stay in single family rather than using multifamily assets. The way Dustin started out, he found a real estate guru. He took one of those weekend real estate courses. He paid a thousand bucks and he was on his way. These days, he spent more than a few thousand bucks, more than tens of thousands of bucks in coaching. And every single time it's brought him a massive return every single time. This is why I love coaching. This is why I'm a big advocate for coaching. And this is why I went from hating coaches and consultants to quite frankly, loving them because they have quite frankly changed my life and they have changed Dustin's life as well. He's going to get into that. We're also going to talk about how to be more productive and less busy, which is something I've been working on as of late and something I'm going to expand on as the weeks progress, because I've quite frankly, this year, the difference between myself and my vision in 2017 and myself and my vision in 2018 have been night and day. I mean, quite frankly, I have adopted the mindset that I don't want to be busy. I don't want to be the ultimate hustler. I no longer think that's anything to brag about. Many of you might not agree with me and that's okay. That's totally fine. It's wonderful that we all have differing opinions. I think that's why we're on this earth, but I no longer believe in being the ultimate hustler. I no longer believe in putting in eight days a week worth of work, 12 hours a day, 16 hours a day. I don't believe in that. Even as a startup entrepreneur, I think that there are better proven ways to become successful and be successful and stay successful. I'll be sharing with you guys some of my thoughts about that as the weeks progress, but 
Guys, I know you guys are super eager to get into the meat and potatoes of this show. So first, let's get into the tip of the week, and then I'll introduce our guest, Mr. Destin Heiner. DeRay's Tip of the Week. So if you're not already familiar with the term sunken cost bias, you will be by the end of this tip of the week. What is sunken cost bias and how do we overcome it? Now, this is something that I see plague many of us. So what is sunken cost bias? Well, let's just basically look at sunken cost bias as the more you spend, whether it's time, energy, or effort, the more you're committed. So we can think about the guy at the carnival who's looking to recoup his investment. He's been trying to hit the basketball in the hoop. He's been trying to spray the water gun on the target. I mean, he's trying to toss the rings on the target, whatever the case may be. It looks easy. It seems easy, but the odds are not in his favor. And he's going more and more in the hole thinking that the next time around, he'll be able to get it done. Or the gambling guy who likes to play blackjack or poker, whatever the case may be. And the more and more he goes in the hole, the more and more he has an objective to get out of the hole and maybe even profit. Or maybe schooling. Maybe you spent tons of money for school. And maybe you even went to grad school. You're in debt, $40,000, $80,000, $120,000. And you're like, well, I need to see some type of return on this money before I think about doing anything else, which is the position I see most of us in. I mean, I talked to HR professionals who totally, totally spent 100K on schooling and they cannot see past being in the HR field because they feel as though they spent all this money learning their craft, specializing in this one area that they have to recoup that investment. Same thing with IT engineers, same thing with coders, same thing with accountants. I see it across the board and I like to call this sunken cost bias. So what I'm here to tell us today is contrary to popular belief, you know, be diligent, be persistent, never give up. Once you start something, don't stop. Always finish. Get a return. It's about determination and willpower. I mean, all these things are cool and I totally support all these mantras. You should definitely, definitely, definitely be determined down your path. You should definitely have willpower. You should try to overcome adversity. But when is it time to say no? When is it time to cut your losses? When do you know that this is maybe not the path for you or that you should no longer be putting new money following old money, thinking that you're going to recoup on your investment? So the answer to all of this is, first off, you need the courage and the confidence to admit your mistakes. And you need to be able to uncommit regardless of sunken costs. How do you know you're a victim? Well, Have you ever continued to pour money into an investment even though it wasn't panning out? Have you ever continued to pour time and effort into a project instead of walking away? Have you ever continued plotting down a dead end because you couldn't admit that you shouldn't have pursued that in the first place? Do you have a cycle of throwing good money after bad? If you can relate to any of these situations, any of these questions, then we need to look at how to overcome that how to overcome sunken cost bias, how to know that we're in that position in in the first place, because the first step to recovery is acknowledgement. So instead of thinking, why stop now when I'm already invested in this project? Why stop now when I'm already invested in grad school? Why stop now when I've already started this down this career path and I've been doing this for 10 years and this is what I know? That's the common question that a lot of us ask ourselves where we should be asking ourselves, if I wasn't already invested in this project, How much would I invest into it now, today? You know, we like to ask ourselves, if I just keep trying, I can make this work. When we should ask ourselves, 
what else could I do with this time or money if I pulled the plug now? That's a much, much powerful, much, much powerful question. A lot of us, we hate admitting to our mistakes, whereas those of us that actually succeed, we're comfortable with cutting our losses. So think about the areas in your life where there are some sunken cost bias, things that you're holding on to that you probably shouldn't have, and ask yourself those questions. And once you do, you'll be able to cut a lot more ties. You'll be able to focus on what it is today, presently, currently, that's going to get you to your goal what it is today that's going to be most fulfilling, what it is today that's going to give you a return on your investment, what it is today that you truly actually want to do, not who you've been trained to be for years, but what you want. Don't fall victim to sunken cost bias, guys. And with that said, let's get into the show. And now your feature presentation. On today's show, guys, I'm super excited. We have a lifestyle design enthusiast. He's here to talk to us about all things passive income, Mr. Dustin Heiner. Destin, how's it going? Oh, it's going fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you. I know that you started your journey in 2004, and I want to take it back there. I just want to kind of jump in the time machine right away and kind of just take it back to 04 and maybe what you were doing and kind of how you stumbled upon your entrepreneurial path. Sure. Well, actually, it goes back even further than that. I had my first job. It was a job, but it was also somewhat self-employed in a sense. So it's delivering newspapers when I was like 14 years old. Basically, I had to get customers. I had to deliver. I had to collect. I basically had to do everything on my own. And that really got me started in thinking of not having a job, but being able to do my own work so that I reap the benefits and get the profits from my own work, as well as my stepdad, as well as my biological dad, both had their own businesses. So I was around people that I looked up to that had businesses that were entrepreneurial. And that really started a fire in me. So from when I was 13, 14, all the way to when I got my first job at Walmart, I, I was like, I think it was 16 when I got my first job at Walmart. And realized how much money they took out of my paycheck. <laughs> Social Security, Medicare, even union dues. It, there was so much money coming out of my pocket that I thought, this is for suckers. Why am I working for somebody else? And they're taking so much money out. And then it got me into thinking of, of entrepreneurship and real estate in general. That's basically stopping working for somebody else and only working for myself. And that's when I went down the path of trying to find other businesses to start. Like I even had a graphic and website design company. I created a, a skateboard manufacturing company. I've tried to do so many different companies. I mean, I even did a retail establishment. I started from the ground up, owned it for four years and then sold it. So I've done so many things, but then in the end, I landed with um, or stuck with real estate because it's the easiest, but I make the most money out of it. So that's you know a big, broad view of my life from 13 years old to where I am now, where I don't have to ever have a job again. When did the inception of real estate per se happen? So my stepdad owned a construction company. And so even from 17, 18 years old, I was around real estate and as well as actually building homes. And so I got a passion for homes in general because of the experiences that I had with him. And I always thought that I would love to be a part of building homes and selling homes. And as I got a little further along in life. I got out of actually building the homes. And in, I think it was probably about 
2004, like, like we said, 2004 ish, when I first grabbed the book, Rich, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So there's two, there's two books that are really great that uh, really got me thinking about entrepreneurship and passive income. Mostly passive income is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. But the other one is Richest Man in Babylon by Richard Clausen. Fantastic book, two great books that really helped me to think that I need to actually put my money in a place that will make me even more money than just, you know, one or 2% as, as little as you might get in a bank, but you want to invest it in places like real estate where you make money hand over fist and you don't have to do any work. And Rich Dad Poor Dad paint the picture of passive income and Richard Clausen, the richest man in Babylon, talked about how to actually implement that money into places in your life. Anyways, so from that, from those two books, it got me thinking, well, I really want to implement passive income in my life as well as I want to never work a job again. I really hated working for other people. I'm not saying I was a bad employee. I actually enjoyed working for my bosses and they always gave me raises when I needed to. I was always a really, really good employee. I just hated working for somebody else and taking orders from other people. I'm more of an independent person and I knew I needed to do at, you know, basically work my job and do what I needed to do in order to provide for my family. And in on top of that, what I thought was, what do I do in order to get out of a job but still have my money coming in every single month? And passive income was the route that that was obviously the best way because look at me now. I've, I'm 39 years old now. I quit when I was 37. I quit my job and I will never, literally never need to work a job again. And it was because of real estate. So I was 27 years old when I told myself, okay, I'm going to give myself 10 years to work my tail off in order to quit my job, it be it um, having a retail establishment, which I started and then sold because of just uh, many different reasons, or starting other businesses and even buying real estate. So I've done so many different things and I said, I'm gonna give myself 10 years. Well, what was great was I was trying all these different aspects, real estate, retail, even website, e-commerce, things like that. I was trying so many different things, but what really stuck was the real estate. Because when I bought one house, in, uh, all that money came in from the rent coming in, minus the income minus expenses. I was making like $400 a month from one property. And I thought, I'm not doing any work. I have property managers who manage the properties. I'm not doing any work. Why don't I continue to build this real estate business? And so as the other businesses starting to die off just because I either the economy was bad or um, my, my partner that I was working with decided to move on, whatever it might be, I continued with investing in real estate and rental properties and just kept buying one after another. And what was great was within six years of starting, so in two, uh, when I was 27, I started, I said, 10 years, I want to quit. Within six years, I actually had all of my income replaced by my, my investment properties. So I didn't need my job at the time, but I realized I don't want to just replace my income and quit. I want to build up my business so that I even have extra money coming. And if we want to travel, if we wanted to buy more properties, I, I wanted to make sure that was completely set up. So I waited two and a half more years, almost three more years before I actually pulled the trigger and quit my job. But man, it was the best day of my life to be able to quit my job. And my wife and I, we love traveling and we have four kids. And immediately after I quit my job, so I knew I was going to quit in um, late December of 2016. And 
I already had, I bought the plane tickets. So in 2017 in March, we went to Japan for six weeks and just traveled all through Japan for six weeks with my four kids. And then the, just this last year, we went to Europe for six weeks and traveled all through from, from England, Scotland, Ireland, Israel. Yeah, we stopped over in Israel. It's not really Europe, but stopped over in Israel, uh, France, the Netherlands, uh, Belgium, uh, Germany, Switzerland, all these different countries, just because we have the money and we have the time. So go ahead and utilize that now. And so now because of real estate, because investing in rental properties, I literally don't have to work. I, I work maybe one hour a month just looking over all my property manager statements and make sure I get my check in. So that was the, you know, the, the start from beginning to end where now I don't work at all. I just get to have fun with my family. That's a really interesting and fun and adventurous story. I love that you're able to highlight on that because I want the listeners to kind of, you know, have that picture painted for them for what it looks like when you start investing in, in passive income assets, when you start generating, you know, when you start buying these properties and they're generating this passive income for you hand over fist and you, you're getting, you know, monthly mailbox money without getting out of the bed. So let's talk about some of your previous businesses and let's kind of take it down that path. Let's maybe find a takeaway that you learned from your retail business or, or from your e-commerce business that you were able to apply directly to real estate investing. So with my retail business, it was really dependent on other people. And I made it that way because I was wanting passive income. I didn't want to own a job. You know, if you just, you know, if you start a carpet cleaning business where you own a van and you go out and clean carpets, well, you basically own a job. It's not really passive income because if you don't work the next day, you're not going to make any money. So with my real estate, or sorry, with my rental uh, retail property, re, sorry, with my retail business that I had, I heavily relied on employees. I had to hire employees. I had to manage them, had to fire them when needed. And I also had my other job, my full-time, uh, you know, nine to five job that I was also working at the same time. So the retail establishment, as well as my, my job, I had to, I was basically working like 14 hours a day, just nonstop waking up at 5am, going to work, getting to my business for about an hour before I went to work, then went to work and then go back to the business and make sure that's all working fine. So it was a lot of work and it was hard work and it took away from my family. And so I guess when you're asking of a takeaway for my retail establishment, that there was two different takeaways. One, I don't believe I will ever do another retail establishment because it's very, very labor intensive on my part to make sure that it's running right, it's running smoothly, you know, the employees are not stealing from you and all that sort of stuff. So I probably won't do that. So that's one big lesson learned in the other one was relying on people and finding good people at the same time to run your business. So translating that to my rental property business, my real estate investing business has property managers that manage the properties for me. I invest all over the country. So I currently live in Phoenix, Arizona. I used to live in Fresno, California when I first started investing. And it was in 2006 when I first started investing. And that was, you know, as the market or the economy and the um, real estate market was getting the bubble, you know, starting to get bigger and bigger. And I bought my first property in 2007. And that was right about when the bubble was getting the biggest. So I just kept buying properties throughout the, even though the bubble burst and everything, I kept pushing through it because I saw the writing on the wall that this was the best way to go. And in all of that, so I, from California, I was buying in Ohio and Texas and Arizona. I was buying in other states because California was just really, really expensive. And so I realized really quickly, I mean, like within two seconds of buying my first property, there's no way I'm going to manage this property on my own from thousands of miles away. So I found property managers and had property managers run the, run the business. I get contractors, I get 
real estate agents, I get inspectors, I get I plumbers, I get everybody to run the business for me and I don't have to do any work. So in all the areas of the country I invest, I hire good people to run the property so that I basically make money without doing any work. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. That is amazing. And, and do you have any takeaways from the, maybe the e-commerce business, something that you learned kind of through the process of that business that you were able to apply directly to real estate investing? Absolutely. So there are some, some areas of the country that I invest that have a little different type of working with the tenants. So one of them, I have a, a website portal that my, all my tenants would go into and they would pay their rents. They put in their maintenance requests, basically utilizing online resources and other companies that people have made in order to manage the properties. In one specific area, I do rent to own. So it's a really depressed area. It's in Ohio, really, really depressed area. People can't save up $20,000 to buy a house. I mean, houses are going for $20,000 and they can't save that to buy a house. And so in this one area, I'm blessed to be able to buy a house and then do rent to own with them where they are able to buy the property over 10 years. I'm blessed because I get steady income from that property. But in 10 years, they get the property, which is great for them and great for the economy in that area, great for the, the community of people because you now you have homeowners. And so in doing that, what I do with that rent to own is I implemented an online system that they basically do everything through the online system. So I don't ever really have to talk to them on the phone. I don't really have to worry about the payments coming in because it's all automatic. And so, yeah, utilizing online businesses that would be able to make your business so much easier is the best way to go. I love that. And that plays right into lifestyle design and how you create the lifestyle that, that you see fit for yourself. Because, you know, it's one of the, it's one thing to be a real estate investor that manages the tenants and manages the repairs and manages paying on the bills. And it's another thing to be a real estate investor who has processes and automation in place so that you are creating what's quote unquote passive income. So let's maybe talk about how important was it for you as you got started to kind of utilize a mentor, coach, somebody who's kind of done it before you kind of utilize their services to kind of get started? What's, what's the importance for that for you? And, you know, do you have any advice for the listeners kind of looking to start getting started if they should kind of go out and, and get started on their own and maybe kind of figure things out and, you know, fail forward, as people often say, or should they kind of go find somebody who, who's kind of done it before, who's already uh, blazed a path, who has a proven system and, and can kind of show you uh, how to get there quicker? So what I can do is I can give you how I did it and how I would suggest not to do it. So <laughs> I did it was basically, I just trial and error, I guess it's a way to say it. So I would buy the property, try to manage myself and realize I couldn't do it, then go get a property manager. And then, okay, now I need to fire this property manager because they're stealing from me because I didn't hire the right one. And I basically did every single thing wrong that you possibly could because I didn't have anybody helping me, teaching me, showing me, hey, this is probably not the best property to buy or this property manager asks these questions before you hire somebody because you need to know these things. Well, I didn't know any of that stuff. So I'm the type of person, the fun song is from a movie, but it says anything that you can do, I can do better. And that's like anything better than you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so that's, I've always had somewhat of personality like that. Like if that person failed, I could do it. You know, I'll just do it better than them. Well, the sad thing is that's what I did. And praise the Lord, I'm here now where I don't have to work. I went through the school of hard knocks and I'm here now. But I would have saved 
thousands and thousands, maybe twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars in lost either expenses or fees or tenants moving out or evictions and stuff like that. I would have saved so much money, thousands and thousands of dollars, if I would have got a coach or a mentor or somebody that would be able to help me, you know, navigate through these issues. Because you know, for, for me, when I was starting out, I was thinking, well, I know I could pay somebody, you know, one, two, five. $20,000 to help however much they, they charge to coach me through it. Maybe I should figure it out myself. And looking back now, that's not what I would do again. If I was, you know, if I go back 10 years, 12 years when I first started investing and I could tell myself to do anything, it would be to find a coach, find somebody that you trust, number one, number two knows what they're doing. But number three, put that money into the coaching because all that is going to be paid off in the long run, even though it comes out of your pocket right now, what's going to happen is in the long run, you're going to save so much money. I remember there was one tenant that stayed in my home for like six months because I, I didn't know how to run the business well. And I didn't know that I needed to run my business as a business. And I started the eviction process, but screwed up. And there were so many different things that went wrong, but they were in there for six months. And that's a good, I don't know, $4,000 that just was out of my pocket that I could have been in my pocket if I had a coach. So, you know, me trying to save, I don't know, $5,000 cost me in that one instance, $4,000. And then you look at, for the entire life of my business, I've lost lots and lots of money because I didn't know how to do it. Now, after going through that, I've learned, I figured out, okay, this works and this doesn't. So I get rid of the things that don't work and I keep the things that do work. And I would suggest if anybody is interested in real estate, it's really easy, in my opinion, it's really easy to make money and it's, but it's really easy to do things that are wrong, like buy a property that is too expensive that you're not going to be making cash flow every single month or find a property that you didn't do adequate inspections on the property or you didn't know that the rent was going to be lower than you thought it was going to be. There's so many different thoughts that, I mean, I'm just scratching the surface of all the issues that could come up, but here's the big point. Even though there's so many different things, if you know what you're doing and you have somebody that knows what they're doing to walk you through it, you're not going to have these pitfalls. You're not going to have these issues. And in my opinion, it's really hard to lose money investing in real estate rental properties if you know how to do it and you do it right. See, every property, I make sure that I make $250 a month or more in passive income. I won't buy it unless I do. I'll give you an example. Just in February, I bought uh, three single family homes and one duplex all from off of one investor because they were getting out of the business. I bought them all off of him put some money down payment. He took seller financing as well. Anyways, from that, that those properties, I make $2,000 a month. That's passive income. That's, that's net income from those properties. And so because I know what I'm doing, I was able to buy that and do it right. Now, when I first started, I would have screwed up. And so now what I'm saying is don't do what I did. If you want to try and do it yourself, um, just know that you're going to go through the school hard knocks, but you're going to save yourself a ton of money, like thousands and thousands of dollars. If you get a coach, somebody that knows what they're doing, walk you through it. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I even think about sub-segmenting down a little bit further, you know, right now we're playing, you know, the people who kind of go on and do it themselves, which you were one of them and I was one of them versus the people who go and find a coach. And then if we segment down a little bit further and just think about all the people who go and find a coach or a program or a mentor or a course and the people that actually find success in, in what it is that they're looking to do versus the people that don't. And I want to talk about maybe why you think, you know, certain people find success when they do find coaching or mentoring and certain people don't. The people that when they buy into the courses or buy into the coaching, they don't 
not necessarily take it seriously because I know they seriously want to do it, but they don't put in the patience and perseverance in order to get to where they need to be. Because I found a lot of people when they look at real estate, they think of those flipping shows they see on like HGTV or someplace where they see people in 30 minutes make $30,000 or 40 or $50,000. Like, hey, in 30 minutes, I can make that much money. And they, you know, even though they kind of see that, okay, they were, you know, it's sitting on the market for two months. They don't, it doesn't feel like it because it's 30 minute TV show. And so, what I found is a lot of the, the students that I work with, I have to instill in them uh, the understanding that real estate is not a get rich quick scheme. Now, if you want to get rich quick scheme, I'm going to say go someplace else because I'm here to get you wealthy. I'm here to get you so that you can literally quit your job, design your life the way you want it to live and never work a job again and have money coming in. And it does take time though. Like if you wanted to start another Facebook or another Twitter or some big um, company, go ahead and do that. But more than, more likely, you're not, it's not going to be an instant success where you're making billions of dollars out, uh, overnight. There's so many people trying to do that, but there's only quite a few. There's only just a few that actually make through, go through with that. So with real estate rental properties, what I try to encourage people is you need to be diligent, you need to be patient, and you need to be ready when opportunities come. So as I'm investing, I have already built up my business so that when an opportunity comes, I can jump on it. Now, what might happen is you, somebody might get into looking for properties. They don't see any properties and they get discouraged and they move on because, okay, this just doesn't work because there's no properties to buy. There's nothing that's going to make me money. Well, yeah, right now there's not, but who knows in the next, the next day, the next week, there's going to be a property that comes on the market or that a wholesaler brings to you or some, you know, your, your brother's friend comes to you and says, Hey, I want to sell this property. Well, if you are ready, then you can jump on those opportunities and snag them up. So there's two things. It would be the coach, making sure that you have a good coach that knows what they're doing, has been through it all, can actually teach you well, and that cares about you. But two, being diligent and patience and having patience and being able to persevere through the times where, okay, it doesn't seem like it's working, but actually pushing through it. I found when that you have, I think there's a study or basically a statistic that out of all the online courses that you could take for real estate, for blogging, for podcasting, whatever it might be, just online real estate or any type of business course that uh, people would sign up for, I want to say that 20% of the people actually finish them. Like they buy them, but they don't actually finish the course. And what's that, what I find is sad is you're paying money into it, but you're not putting your time into it to actually get the results that you want out of it. So I'd say commit to it. Um, like I said, it took me six years from beginning to start uh, my investing business, six years to eventually replacing my entire income. And then two and a half, three years later, able to quit my job. So it's going to take time and perseverance, but it's so worth it in the end. I literally will never have to work another job and I'm only 39 years old. I mean, I know that's, that's old, but at the same time, it's not that old. I mean, I quit when I was 37 <laughs> years old and man, I would, uh, well, what I'm doing now with my kids. So I have four kids. We homeschool. My wife homeschools the kids and I help out as much as I can. And so we homeschool our kids and I'm going to encourage, encourage them don't go to college and incur massive amounts of debt. Like definitely go to a community college. Community college will be fine because it's not that expensive. You get a good broad understanding of learning in general. But if you want to be wealthy, 
just do what I do, invest in real estate. It's so easy to do. <laughs> and so I, I'm encouraging them from the very beginning. And they, I bring them in, all my kids, you know, I have from, from 10 all the way down to five years old. They're, they understand the business. They know that daddy invests in real estate. That's why he's blessed to be able to stay home and not go to work. And so, yeah, all that to say with coaching and students getting coaching, you just need to apply yourself. And when you apply, then you will actually see the fruits of it. And from those fruits, you're going to be able to take off. It's kind of like picking up a, an instrument to learn how to play. At first you start playing it, it sounds horrible. But as there's, there comes a, a point in the learning process that all of a sudden things start to sound good, it starts to feel better, and you actually like playing. That's how it happens with every single type of musical instrument. Same thing with this. Eventually it's going to, be, it's going to click and it's going to be like a snowball where you can't stop the money from coming in. In the past five years... What new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? So I would have to say that in the last five years, one thing that really got me going is, or actually, just, I'm going to give you two things. One, I read, I, I actually don't like reading in general. I listen to audiobooks, I listen to podcasts, I listen to sermons. But in the last five years, I think I've read through the Bible maybe four times. So I, every day I get up and read the Bible, but then at the same time, I also exercise every single day. And in doing those two things, one, it gets my mind going and two, I gets my body going. And so by the time I, so I woke up like this morning, I literally woke up at 4.45, read my Bible, went to the gym, worked out. And by the time I got home, I was ready like at 7.30, 8 o'clock ish. My day is half over, like not half over, but like I'm already going, like I, my brain's already on and it's, it's like 7.30, you know, most people are either, you know, on their way to work yawning or, or something like that, but I am ready, like I'm rearing to go at the day. And so basically getting my mind ready and getting my, my body ready. And then I can attack the day. And like I said, when I bought the, it was in February, I bought the three single family homes and one duplex. It was because I had the opportunity and I was ready to take that opportunity. And in getting my body and my mind ready, it was super easy for me to buy it because I had all everything implemented. Like my, my thinking, my body, everything was in line in order to make the decision and jump on it because I had already uh, planned and prepared beforehand to, to jump into that. And going off of something that you just mentioned was basically um, having robots and being able to solve problems. And I found by being ready and when these opportunities come, being an entrepreneur, in my opinion, an entrepreneur is somebody that solves problems. And if you boil everything down, if you want to have your life to where you can design it, where you can live in Hawaii or live in the Alps or, you know, live anywhere and, and not have to worry about making money, well, that's, think of it as a problem you need to solve. Well, the problem would be I'm stuck working here a job. Well, solve that problem. Get, start investing in real estate, start a company, do something that you can solve that problem of having that job so you can move to wherever you want. Now, the next thing, question would be, I don't have the money. Well, solve that problem. Like, how do you get the money? So figure out the answer to that solution. The other one would be, well, if you break it down even more to your business, I start looking at my business and say, okay, I have a problem with a tenant that either they can't make their rent or, or just some problems come up. I think of how can I solve this problem? It could be one, the, the last thing you, know, you want to do is evict. But other thing is, can we possibly work with the tenant? Can we, can we, you know, is there something that we need to know outside of that? Anyways, all that to say, what I like to do is I like to look at myself as a problem solver from beginning to end and implementing that into my business and into my life so I'm ready when opportunities come, I can jump on it. 
I love that. So the, the opposite end of that when opportunities come. So maybe, you know, in the past five years, what have you become better at saying no to? Maybe distractions, invitations, et cetera. What new realizations or approaches have kind of helped you in that kind of start cutting things off and saying, you know, becoming, you know, uh, as focused as you possibly can be on what it is that uh, brings you true fulfillment in your life? That's a great question. So it was probably about four to five years ago that I realized that my answer to anybody's question, friends, family, or whoever, you know, how's it going? My answer would always be, oh man, I'm just busy. <laughs> I'm just busy. And I re realized one day, I hate that answer. Why am I so busy? Do I need to be that busy? Is it something that is absolutely necessary? This was right about the time that I was getting close to being able to quit my job when I was wrapping, up, wrapping down my other businesses and solely going with real estate. And I didn't have a whole lot, but I was making myself busy. And so when somebody would ask that question, you know, how's it going? I'd say, oh, I'm just busy. I realized that, man, I need to start cutting things out. I need to start saying no to things and saying, say no to things that are good, but they're not great and saying yes to things that are great. And so cutting things out and making my life so it's not busy to where my brain isn't full capacity, that when like we talked about opportunities coming, my brain is, is full go, it's, I can jump on anything because I'm not so busy that I'm so worn down. Like if an opportunity comes to buy an apartment complex, well I gotta run the numbers, I gotta go out and see the property, I gotta, a lot of things I gotta do, well, I'm free now because I've cut off a lot of things so I'm not busy so that I can, I can make sure that I'm jumping into opportunities as opposed to saying, well, I'm just tired. And so that was a big thing in my life was getting rid of the busyness so that I can focus on the things that are important. Another little tidbit would be also getting, or being an entrepreneur, maybe it's just my personality, but a lot of people can be like this, is going after the new shiny object. Like, you know, if, if you are learning about, anything in general, you start going down the path of learning that. Let's just give it, you know, try to be a little more specific. If somebody in your audience wants to learn about real estate, well, they start reading a book or they take a course, they really start trying to learn on real estate. Well, the next shiny object might be, instead of investing in real estate, it might be, oh, wait, somebody said they're making thousands of dollars a month blogging. Let me go look at blogging. Oh, wait, now somebody else wrote books. So let me now go to go look at, at writing books or podcasting or whatever. Like you, you get so distracted and you keep, you don't ever finish one thing. You jump to the next thing before it's finished. And so what I would suggest and what I've done in my life is I stick to one thing until I've either mastered it or it's running itself. Like my real estate business, it runs itself. I get realtors, I get wholesalers coming to me and telling me, hey, I have this property. Would you want to look at it? And would you want to buy it? So I don't, literally don't have to do anything with my business. It runs itself and it builds itself. Now, if I wanted to, because I have a podcast that I love teaching people about real estate with my podcast, I put my time into that. And it, it's because I want to do it, but I've pulled my full focus, or sorry, my full focus on the podcast and not think, well, let me do something else. Let me do something else over here. Let me do something else over there. So I try to um, narrow my focus down and not go after the shiny new objects. Boom. I love that. <laughs> so Dustin, let's maybe, I mean, we've walked down here before the millions path and we've gotten to know you and, and kind of just walk through that story and it's been amazing so far. So let's fast forward to present day. What do you do on a daily basis? Tell us about the different segments of how you're, you're, you're kind of maybe blocking off time to work on the podcast, to do real estate investing, to hang out with your family. Like what does your lifestyle design today look like? 
So I absolutely love my life. I just driving the other day, or actually just yesterday, thinking I'm so blessed. Like everything about my life is amazing. I'm really blessed to be able to have real estate rental properties and have a house that I live in, have a beautiful wife and kids and just things are going so well. And if I wanted to sit on the couch and not do anything for the rest of my life, I absolutely could. Like I could just watch Netflix or whatever and just literally not do anything. But that's not like me. That's not something that would uh, inspire me. I like, I'm a driven person. So I like to do things that get me excited and get me working. And so even though, you know, when I tell some, tell people, yeah, I quit my job. And they said, what are you going to, what do you do all day? It's like, I actually do quite a bit. You know, I love working with people. I love teaching people. I love serving in my church. I love going to the gym. So in a typical day, what I do is I, I wake up really early, like I said, like at 4.30, 4.45, go to the gym, read the Bible, come home, have breakfast with my family, then go and start working on finding new deals or for, for real estate or teaching my students to creating new online courses and new content for people, creating new podcasts, then break for lunch where I make myself get up because it's easy for me just to sit down and keep working. It's funny. You know, I quit my, my type of personality and how I am. I'm a worker. Like I could just keep working and working and working. But what's funny is I quit a 40 hour a week job to work 80 hours to hundred hours on my own. <laughs> and it's easy for me to do it. I just, time flies and I'm I just, cause I enjoy working for myself. But so I break, I force myself to break for lunch to like, so I can be with my family because that's the most important thing with, for me is my family. And then I work for another couple hours, either, you know, writing new content, trying to help my students out or whatever it might be. And then I break for the day whenever I want. But this is because I enjoy teaching and I love coaching people and helping people to do this sort of stuff. But like I said, if I didn't want to, I didn't have to. Like I'll give you an example. I cut everything off for six weeks when I went to Europe in March with my family. We just got back, I think it was like three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago. We went for six weeks, like I said, traveled all around. We went to 13 different countries and saw so many awesome things. If you go to my podcast, or sorry, if you go to my blog, I have pictures of all the different places we've seen from, you know, from Paris to Germany to Ireland, Scotland, all those different places. But my normal typical day is just relaxing around the house. You know, I, I'll take a nap like right after lunch because I can and then wake up and, you know, hang out with the family. So yeah, I, I designed my life to be where I can travel at any given point that I want. Like another, another thing I'm going to do in uh, September, I'm going to be going to Alaska for a hunting and fishing trip in I would not say it's October. I'm going to be going to Florida for a conference. So many different things that I just, I make my life less busy, but I keep things in that I really want to put and devote my time and life to. Boom. I love that so much. And, and I love how you keep touching on the lifestyle design because I think that's the most important part. I mean, traveling, at least for me, is such an addicting thing. And it was something that oh, I yeah. yearned for as, a, as an employee. And, you know, at a, you, would, you would only get 20 to 25 days worth of vacation. And I wasn't used to that. I mean, even in college, like it was just, I was never constricted until I became an employee. And at, <laughs> at that time, I was just like, something has to change. Oh, yeah. I have to be able to travel the world. And this is, I mean, this is my passion. And I love that it's your passion as well. So, Kind of rounding out this segment, this, and I just want to leave our listeners with one last piece of advice, and that's this, you know, or that's this question so that you can leave them with this last piece of advice. And, you know, what bad recommendations do you hear in your profession or area of expertise? So it's all, all the time I get from people asking me, how do I, um, it's hard to say, but at the same time, I'm going to say it. A lot of people think that investing in real estate, I've touched on it before, but and throughout this podcast, but that it's a get rich quiz game. And as well as how can I invest with little to no money down? Like how can I buy properties with no money down? I see all these infomercials. I see all these books about buying with no money down. And 
I'm going to say that because I get a lot of people asking me how to do that. And I'm going to say it's absolutely possible to do it. It is just so much more work. And what I've found is a lot of people that think about the, the no money down is they think it's, it's no money down and it's very little work. They might be willing to put in a little work, but it, it's so much more work buying with little to no money down. And so I'm going to couple that with not having a property manager, not having somebody that knows how to run a property to make you money. Like a property manager's business is to make you money. If they're not making you money, you fire them and find somebody else. And so hiring somebody like a property manager, a good property manager to manage your properties is the best thing you can do. So, you know, putting those together, just getting started, even if you don't have any money, because when you look at the no money down, people ask about that because they're starting like I did with no money, like literally no money, no credit. And they just, how do I get started? Well, you can get started with little to no money down, but it's rather hard. The tip that I'm going to give, if anybody is, you know, concerned about, which most people are about not having enough money to buy a property and not knowing what they're doing, there's, there's a couple of things that I would suggest. One is I would look at buying a home with an FHA loan, a, a Federal Housing Administration loan, where you're only putting three and a half percent down. Now, I don't know where the, uh, anybody's living, where they're currently listening to this podcast, but somebody might be able to find a property for $100,000. Well, three and a half percent of $100,000 is only $3,500. Like you should be able to, maybe in a course of a year, two years or however long, save up $3,500 in order to buy a house. Buy a house, and it would be great even if you got a duplex, because you can live in one and rent out the other. You just get started with very, very low money, buy that first property, get it under your belt, hopefully find somebody that knows what they're doing, coaching you through that process. On top of that, if you do have a property that is that can be managed by a property manager, then do that as well. But if you have a duplex, you're living right next door. So if there's a problem, you're right there. Go ahead and take care of it. So you're getting that, that first win under your belt. Getting that win is so addicting because you realize how much money, it's ridiculous how much money your property, a physical thing makes for you. It doesn't do anything. It just sits there. Somebody lives in there and they pay you money. It just makes you money hand over fist. So what I would say is if you're worried about getting into real estate with little no money down like I said get an FHA loan buy a single family home or better yet a duplex so you can rent out one one end do that and then look to then scale it up from there which we can you know there's a lot more to talk about but that's that's in order to get started that's how I would strongly suggest doing it. lifestyle design acceleration hacks what is your favorite before the millions book it would be the George S. Clausen richest man in Babylon. Now I would say richest dad, rich dad, poor dad got me started, but richest man in Babylon really got my, my brain working and painted the picture of, of passive income and making my life goal that way. I love that book as well. What is your favorite lifestyle design app? This can be a business app or tool. For my business, I really enjoy Evernote. Um, Evernote's been around for a little while. I really, really enjoy that. But really for me, I mean, I'm going to just be just straightforward and say email. Email is fantastic. It's a way that I keep in contact with all of my my customers, meaning um, you know, my tenants that I possibly work with or my realtors, my other investors that I work with. Basically, I run my business through email and that's how I can go on a trip for six weeks throughout Europe. I just did everything through email. But if I were to pick one that's outside of email, it would be Evernote is very, very good. That really helps me. There's so many great things about it, but I'm gonna give you one more. It would be like Google Docs or um, 
Microsoft Office Docs that you have Excel that's online, that everything, um, Excel, Word documents, all that sort of stuff is online so that it's not in a, you know stored in a, on a folder in your computer. So if you go traveling for six weeks, you can just pull up any computer, go to your Google Drive or Microsoft Office or whatever, pull up that document and start working on it. So those are, uh, sorry, a lot longer than list than I would uh, initially <laughs> give you, but uh, yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah, I'm a big fan of every single one of those apps. So listeners, those all of those apps will be in the show notes. What do you enjoy most about the way your lifestyle is currently designed? I love that I don't have anybody telling me what to do and I'm independent. Like I'm financially independent. I don't require a job. I don't have somebody dangling a carrot over me saying, you do what I'm going to tell you to do or you're not going to have your job anymore. I'm absolutely independent. And here's the here's what I absolutely love. I love my family. I love being with my family. I love being with my wife and my kids. And so I, every day I get to be around them and I don't go off for eight to 10 hours working for a job for somebody else. I'm able to be home and see them. And if we wanted to go on, uh, you know, hey, let's, let's take today off and not do anything. Let's go do something else. We can absolutely do that. What were the sacrifices that you knew you had to make before the millions to get to where you are today? That is a great question. And in order for me to get to where I am as quick as I did, it was because of sacrifices. Now, a lot of people, you know, they sacrifice, they had, there's a thing that one author wrote, you know, sacrifice drinking a latte so you can save that money. So then you could then invest, you know, put in a savings account that'll make you a little bit of money. I'm not saying that you should cut everything out, but um, you know, so if you, if you invest in real estate, you can afford lattes every single day, like 10 times a day. Like I was able to travel, like I said, I took my wife and four kids, traveled all through 13 different countries because we had enough money. And so in doing that, I would say you, with investing in real estate, you have plenty of money, you have plenty of time to be able to do all this sort of stuff. So with sacrificing though, it took me six years of sacrificing everything in my life of not going out to eat. Our one vacation a year would be driving from Fresno, California to Phoenix, Arizona, 600 mile each way to see her fam, my wife's family. That would be our one vacation a year because we knew any money that we put outside of that would delay my being able to quit and us being able to take these amazing trips like going to Japan for six months, six weeks, going to Europe for six weeks. So sacrificing is huge in order to get to the place you wanna be faster. Love it. Sounds like some really intentional delayed gratification. And now that gratification, I mean, you guys are living the life and I love that, that you guys were able to do that. So amazing, amazing job, Justin. Who was essential to your growth before the millions and why? So I would say it's a number of different books that I've read and I can give you a laundry list, but I'm not going to. I just kept devouring books, not necessarily like self-help books, particularly, I mean, just books in general from real estate to, to blogging to financial independence, basically any type of book. And so I can't give it any acknowledgement to one specific person. If it would be one person, it'd be Robert Kiyosaki getting me down the path initially. Taking one step back, we'd be both my two dads, that my stepdad and my uh, my biological dad. My mom had a normal job. My, my uh, stepdad had this construction business. My biological dad has a retail establishment. So just accumulation from very beginning, you know, when I first started thinking about working to now, I just try to soak up as much as I can from every everybody that I meet. Last but not least, why do you think so many of us are stuck before the millions, even though we have every intention on getting to the millions? 
I think it's because we take our eye off the ball. I know personally that if I did not, and I could easily take my eye off the ball and here, give you an example. I did take my eye off the ball for one entire year. I started, I think it was year seven. So year six, I replaced my income and I had enough income from coming from my real estate that I didn't have to have work, but I had both jobs. So I thought, or I had my, my business and my job. So I thought, man, I'm making a ton of money. So I started spending money. I started spending money like an idiot and buying things I didn't really need. I was like, yeah, oh, we got plenty of money coming in. Well, it came back to bite me because there was about one, uh, two months stretch that I, instead of getting thousands of dollars in my normal checks from, from my rental properties, I was getting like hundreds. So it was, it came back to bite me and that really woke me up to say that I don't want to take my eye off the ball because that one entire year could have been, I could have quit my my, my job one year earlier. So instead of quitting at year nine, I could have quit at year seven and a half or year eight because I took my eye off the ball. Now in getting started, it's not taking your eye off the ball. Once you see the ball, keep going after it until you get it. And I know a lot of people might say, you know, it might be the fear of starting. Well, hopefully you're past that and just don't take your eye off the ball and keep going until you get there. Love it. Love it. Dustin, this has been an amazing interview. And I know that the listeners have gotten a lot of value out of the show because I've gotten so much value out of the show. So we thank you so much for all of the knowledge and value and wisdom that you've poured into us and kind of walking us uh, walking us on the path uh, of your Before the Million story. If any of the listeners kind of want to get a hold of you, get in touch with you, uh, maybe ask you a few questions, where can they find some of your information? Oh, thanks. Yeah. So I absolutely love getting emails from people. So um, you can go to my website, masterpassiveincome.com. Go to my website. You can reach out to me there. My, my email is Dustin at masterpassiveincome.com. I, I love getting emails from people that who ask, you know, Hey, I have this scenario, you know, what do I do here? Or how do I get started here? I love just talking and working with people because I'm so blessed and fortunate to be able to be here talking with you today and not have a job. And so I love being able to share that. The other one is I do have my podcast podcast as well. It's Master Passive Income Podcast where I touch I talk basically all about real estate, all about rental properties, how to quit your job and how to actually do it right and not make the mistakes that I've done. So those two great ways are Master Passive Income blog as well as the Master Passive Income podcast as well. And listeners, those links will be in the show notes of this episode. So definitely, definitely check it out. And I have to check out that podcast as well, Dustin. So again, thank you for the value that you've provided and we'll talk to you soon. Great. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a good fit to work with the Before the Millions team, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash call. That's beforethemillions.com slash call and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about 45 minutes and we'll get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, what is your cash flow goal? How much are you looking to make every month? Number two, your personalized investing strategy. And number three, the best way to get started using cash flowing rental real estate. Remember, starting and scaling your real estate investments and business doesn't happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. We've helped clients all over the world start and scale their investing efforts to six figures and beyond while enjoying life and making the world a better place. To find out if we can help you do the same, head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash call. I'm Dora Lallier and let's talk soon. 